Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and your MMA, then obviously this is the show for you. Final Extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis will be discussing all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, we're discussing a big win for Joshua Boazzi at the third and final edition of Fight Camp at Matram HQ, nickname Matram Square Gardens. Uh, Greg Richards could be a future opponent for Boazzi. He'll join us live to discuss what next for him. Kel Brook said this could be the year we finally see him and Amir Khan in the ring together will be discussing just how big the appetite is to see those two fight. And David Hay is making a return to the ring. We'll discuss his interesting decision to fight his friend and billionaire, uh, Joe Fournier. Don't go anywhere. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. The fight that was billed as the test of his career. It proved to be the test of his career. Joshua Boazzi, unbeaten in 15 fights. And uh, look, there's always talk about the Kel Brook fight, which we are in talks with. I mean, look, Kel Brook putting, putting that guy in his place and beating him and then calling it a day. I'm better off keeping quiet because there's more chance that I'm in there. Come on. This year it's something. It's not this year. All three for your winner by unanimous decision from Crystal Palace, Greg. Spider Richard. David Hay is the WBA heavyweight champion of the world. What a moment. One thing is, is that we're both alpha males. So in my world and business, I'm kind of a world champion, should you say. And in his world, he's a world champion. But I was trying to go to his world. So I was always like Batman and Robin. Like, you know that like, Robin kind of always wanted to be Batman. So as time's gone by, I, you know, I've always thought like, Oh, what would ever happen, you know? Like, it's like big brother, little brother syndrome. You're always in the shadow and there's that insecurity about it. Interesting words there. All right, let's get into the show. Loads to talk about here. We're going to try and cram so much into about 55 minutes here. Right, let's welcome in Gareth A. Davis. Gareth, firstly, how are you, my man? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, loving the banging Irish tunes there, I've got to say. Um... Who was that last person we heard? Was that Craig Richards there? That was Joe Fournier. was it Fournier? Joe Fournier? Yeah. Well, I've got things to say about this today. Ooh. Because this is, this is worse than a YouTube fight, frankly. It's worse than that. I love it. You know what? I love... When I see that kind of passion, I mean, grab your whiskey where you're listening to this now. because you, well, might do, you disagree, do, do you disagree with I me? I find it embarrassing. I find it embarrassing, exactly. and I think exactly. we're both we're both going to um, talk about it. Let, let's start at the yeah. top. Let's start with Joshua Boazzi ending fight camp yeah. with that knockout win 
over Rickard Balotniks. Um, I felt like he needed to to make a statement. He made a statement, but was it enough, um, Gareth, to say that he is the number one light heavyweight in the country? Wow, in the country. Yeah. Um, right, I'm going to go through them. Callum Johnson, that's mm. a very good fight between them. Yeah, I could see him winning that. Lyndon um, Arthur. Lyndon Arthur, still a very good fight. Could see him winning that. Anthony, uh, Anthony Yard. Yard uh, yes, I could see him winning that. Callum Smith, Ooh. if he steps up to light heavyweight, I'm not so sure he'd win that right now. Mm. Um, Craig Richards, we're going to speak to Craig a bit later. And, and Well, there's Craig as well. I can't wait to speak to Craig about his mum, actually, as well, because... When Craig fought Dimitri Bivol in Manchester a couple of months back, I had a beautiful woman sitting next to me who was like screaming her head off for <laughs> Craig Richards, right? right? Script, beautiful woman, really athletic, looked about 40 to me, okay? And, um, you know, we were smiling and we were cheering. Well, I was writing, she was cheering. And then she got moved. She wasn't in the right seat. Mm. And then I found out it was Craig's mum. And I was saying to them, like, let the woman sit there, please. Yes. That's Craig's mum yeah. going, going yeah. nuts. That's the boxer's mother. And, and she did actually came back and sat beside me there. Ringside. It was one of those nights where you, I was in an area where you didn't test. And Ricky Hatton was in there. The Eubanks were in there. Mm. And on that night, of course, Chris Eubank Jr. fought. Loads. I'm oh in, in his new half Roy Jones style, half tenacious Chris Eubank Jr. And, um, um, Campbell Hatton fought that night. Ricky was there. So it was a really good night, but I'm looking forward to speaking to Craig because that was a massive learning fight for him against Dimitri Bivol. Mm. And I know we're going to talk about Joshua Boatze, uh a bit more. No, we're not. So, right, I'm going to talk to you a bit more about it now. Let's go. Here's my, here's my thing. Artur Baturbiev is a beast at 175, the light heavyweight division we're talking about. Scary. Holder of, yeah, he exactly. Knockout merchant, very powerful, amazing chin, no emotion, does the Russian walkover <laughs> when he knocks people out. Um, terrific champion, double weight world, double double belt world champion. Mm -hmm. Then you've got Dmitry Bivol, who's the smallest of the light heavyweight champions. Yeah. Could possibly very, make 168. Could po yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. But a very clever boxer, boxes within his means, did a little bit against Craig Richards in that fight. Um, even though Craig had a few moments as well. And then you've got, um, then you've got Joe Smith, the, Joe Smith exactly. Um, and you know what? I think Joshua Boatze's probably a fight or two away from Bivol, yeah. even despite what Eddie Hearn says, mm. his promoter. Um, but it's still a great fight. I think he's ready for a Joe Smith, mm. um, but I'm not sure he's ready for a Baturbiev. But he's ready for all those guys in Britain as well. And they're all great fights. Yeah. And um, it just means he's going to have five or six amazing fights coming up in the next two, two, two and a half years. I like Joshua Boatze very much. He was honest enough to admit, Addy, that you saw it as well. Bolotniks pushed him between round six and nine. And then he came back into it after knocking him down. He thought he'd got the job done after six. But as we spoke about last week, he chopped him down like a tree. It was a really good learning experience because he took a few blows as well. Mm. He can tighten things up. I liked his compactness and I liked his willingness to engage that's come under Virgil Hunter. But all in all, I was very pleased. I thought it was a very solid performance for him moving to 15-0. and 0. Yeah, it's interesting because you mentioned Virgil Hunter there. I spoke to him just a couple of days, uh, yeah. I think the day before the weigh-in. And I said, how long does it take to almost get in sync with your fighter um, after how many fights? And he said, ideally, three or four 
this is their second fight together now. And I kind of got the fact that what he was trying to say was the fourth could be the main fight. So maybe have one more and then let's go. Four, four fight camps. He understands me. I understand him because I saw some things against Polotniks which concerned me if he were to go in there against Abaturi. Yeah, what were they? Tell me what they are. Tell me what they are because I will know. I, I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about his head movement. Takes a lot of yeah. shots, does Boatsy. And I don't yeah. know if it's a case of he has to take his shots or sorry, get his shots off to almost he's take a shot. He's not fainting when he's attacking. At all, is he? He's not fainting. No, he's what's happening, I think. I completely agree with you. Saw it myself as well. Mm. When he gets that steely moment where he smells blood, yeah, and he's looking for a finish, he, he, he reverts to, it's not steaming in, but he goes in, lets his punches go. When he's on the back foot, he's so compact and clever and, yeah. and, and avoids being hit. Like you say, he needs to feint more. I get the other guy to throw and then counter, and he's not doing that. And he's being hit by counters on his way in as well. Mm. And I saw that on Saturday night as well. I saw a bit of the dark arts from him as well, and he look, he might not admit <laughs> this, but I think it was round seven or eight. Obviously, he's put Belotniks down, and he's unloaded absolutely everything, and he was shattered. And yep. he definitely did a low blow on purpose. It was almost <laughs> like a case of, you know what, I'm going to win the fight, take a point off me, but I need 30 seconds here to breathe. I right, need it I'm going to send him. Nothing. I'm going to send him a WhatsApp right now and ask him. No, <laughs> ask no, because him, you said yeah. you said was that the low blow. You're convinced. I'm was convinced deliberate. it was intentional. I'm, I'm going to reveal on this show whether it. it was deliberate. Or not. <laughs> yeah, because it. you've accused him, and I'm going to tell it. Send him a voice. I'm going to send him. I'm going to send him a WhatsApp message right now while you talk. Yes. And I'm and I'm going to ask. Joshua Boatsy, if the low blow yeah. was deliberate. Please ask him, ask him, because, and the reason I say this, because he had, he'd been warned by the ref a couple of times about that, that, those low punches. And for me, I was looking at that thinking, that wasn't even on the belt. That was ridiculously low, and he didn't even complain about the point. It was almost like, you know what? I just need these 40 seconds because I'm shattered. And I think he even said to Chris Lloyd in the post-fight interview that it was a case of he literally emptied the tank trying to get rid of Belotniks and Belotniks just stood there and it was like I have nothing left I need 45 seconds and he got it in the end it worked right I mean we see the dark arts from um from boxers in the past and that was a definitely I think Gareth a bit of dark arts well I'm gonna ch I'm checking right now I mean I, he's not a dirty person he's not a dirty character um he was in oh in fact he was not going. I spoke to him on Saturday night after mm. the fight. Obviously, yeah. I was presenting fight night until it's Yeah, I was in there with Spencer Oliver, and he kindly came on. You, you could you, feel you his got rave reviews as well. I see people talking about it on on social media. Your show with Spence. Everyone's like, "This was fantastic listening." Well, I'm, I'm, well, when I'm not comparing Ebony Bridges to Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I'm going to say this to you. I haven't said anything on my social media. Go I on. had the one of the greatest honours of my life this mm. week when mm. Ring Magazine came through the door. Um, and I'm not saying this to blow my own trumpet, but they had Thomas Hauser. Unbelievable, that, that double back. spread, yeah. And, and unfortunately, the pictures of me, I'd had about 10 tequilas that night at the American Rock Boxing Writers' Dinner in New York. I'm sweating and absolutely caned when I stepped into the photo booth. But... To be able to express to Thomas Hauser why I love boxing so much mm. and to have it in Ring Magazine, that I've written for for 15 years as well, you know, half of the time that I've written about boxing. Oh, my God, it was such an honour. In fact, it was such an honour and I feel so humbled by it. I can't even mention it on my social media. I haven't even mentioned it. I've but noticed it's you've not retweeted honor. it or anything. I, I, think no, I, saw, but it, I think I saw Tom Gray say it or retweet it and I was waiting for you to kind of, on the back of his tweet, say something. 
And you've not. I don't know. I'm so taken aback because, like, it's like, you know, I write for the Bible of boxing, but for Thomas Hauser, Muhammad Ali's biographer, to ring me up, mm. I thought he wanted it for a little piece. You know, he was he wanted to know from me why I, why I love boxing so much and why I'm still involved in it and why why I enjoy it so much. And you know, I've always got on with Thomas, and it was honestly when it, when I opened it, I, had, I, I actually jumped back in shock mm. seeing my ugly mug in there. To be honest, but um. Yeah, it was such an honour and a privilege. No, um, it was a good piece as well, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you, you talk about rave reviews, but Joshua came on and I promised to go to church with him one Sunday and I've been promising for about two years. So Joshua Boatsy sinned on Saturday night. Is that what you're saying? See, now you add the church and the sinned into the context. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad saying now because after he did thank God for the performance. So I don't know anymore exactly. now. I'm not quite sure. Um, we're going to speak to a man a bit later that, clearly wants that fight. I, I saw Craig Richards on Saturday night and he was like, yep, I want it. Now, whether or not Craig Richards and he might come on and say he is ready for it or not, look, they're not scared of each other at all, right? I mean, Craig Richards put in a decent performance against Dimitri Bivol, but what we have got, Gareth, is a fantastic crop of light heavies now that, if it was a Super 6 tournament, would be a fascinating Super 6 tournament. Absolutely. And as I said, you could put Callum Smith in there as well. Yeah. Um, and by the way, have we had time... Did we wax lyrical about... Um, Liam Smith and um, Anthony Fowler. Fowler, yeah. Had that been announced by the time we did the show last week? No. I'm very excited about that fight. That sometimes, is more. Sometimes, and it, it, it's, it's a real battle for Merseyside. You don't need a belt, right? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's a big step up for Anthony Fowler, even though Liam Smith, I, I know I'm digressing here. No, but no, we're no digress, fight, digress. We're talking fight shears, aren't we? Yeah. We're talking fight shears. So, um, like, Liam Smith's been a world champion. He's fought Canelo Alvarez. He's fought at light middle. But I tell you what, this is an amazing scalp for Anthony Fowler if he can do it. And Liam Smith ain't giving up Merseyside no like that. It, there will be not a seat left in the house. Mm. Um, unfortunately, it's on the night that I'll be in Vegas doing Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder 3. But I tell you what, the atmosphere in Liverpool, it will rock Liverpool that night. It's, that it's event going to be will crazy. rock Liverpool. Honestly. You know, we, you know, we talk about exciting matchups. Sometimes. That's come from nowhere. Get, yeah, exactly. But but you know what? It works. And when I heard the two names together, I thought, oh, <laughs> I'm really looking. But it, that's the nuance of, of matchmaking, isn't it? It's mm. so exciting uh, sometimes. And it's just thrilling. It's just so thrilling that those two are going to fight. It's, it, honestly, it's a fantastic little fight card as well that he's got. And I mean, yeah. it's sold out the Echo Arena and it's obviously going to. Um, there's what we've got on the, on the undercard. I think Ted Cheeseman versus Troy yeah. Williamson as well as on the undercard. All those hard bangers, basically. Yeah, literally everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's put yeah. all the ones that are going to excite the crowd. But you're right. That, I mean, when I spoke to Liam Smith, he said if he loses, he would have to leave Liverpool. Basically, like, oh, no, he'd, he'd, have to, he'd have to emigrate. No, he'd have, <laughs> yeah, to, emig he'd yeah. have to emigrate to Manchester. <laughs> he'd have to <laughs> he'd have to go over the border and live in Manchester. He'd have honestly. to go to a different part of Lancashire. It's as simple as that. Oh, honestly, you know I mean? crazy, crazy. Uh, um, quick word, we are going to talk about yeah, this as on well. Richard, on Richard, you, you asked me about Craig Richards. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go. Yes, yes. Look, Callum Smith, Craig Richards, Callum Johnson, um, Anthony Yards, Lyndon Arthur, um, Joshua Boetti. Yeah. You can find two more. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. you can easily find eight in the UK and have and have a, a like a um, what do you call it? A, well, well, you call it a world boxing super series, but you can have a British world boxing yeah. super series Honestly. out of it. It'd be brilliant, absolutely. Honestly. Wouldn't surprise me at the moment because there's lots of things. The landscape's shifting a lot, isn't it? Mm. You know, 
it's like being in a kaleidoscope at the moment. Yeah. Um, the whole world's changing and I'm swinging my arms right now and you're looking at me in a really weird way. I'm looking at you like, what are you doing right now? That's what I'm looking at you. What are you doing? Right, on the topic <laughs> of doing crazy things, uh, Brooke Khan might actually happen. I mean, we might get it. Yes, six years yeah. too late, but it might yeah. happen. Um, what's, what's your thoughts? Are you as angry as this as you are about David Hay fighting his best friend? No, I'm not angry at all. I'm going to say their first names, Cal Brook and Amir Khan, yeah. uh, because you just said Brook and Khan. The truth is you can't say Brook and Khan anymore. You have to say Cal Brook and Amir Khan because they've slid out of consciousness, <laughs> apart from the big following they have. They've both been beaten by Terence Crawford, right? Yeah. They've both been beaten by Terence Crawford, like roundly beaten, beaten up by uh, Terence yeah, Crawford. Easily, easy work. Um, they're both over the hill, mm. but this new DAZN-Eddie Hearn um, deal... Mm. I think DAZN are prepared to throw a ton of money at it to hopefully push the fight out into the mainstream Agreed. a bit more yeah. because they're very well known. So it's a, strate a strategic move. These two boys learn a couple of million each for it. They'll put the money up. Um, will it happen? I think, I think it, it will. will. Yeah, I think it yeah. will. I do. I think it will snap. Yeah. I think it will, but the, it's, it's, about, it's a money fight for them both now. For Cal, it's a massive bragging rights story. And for Khan, he can't afford to be knocked out by Kelbrook. But I will be there. Otherwise, I will be square. And I tell you, I want to be at that fight. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic one if it does happen. And it will because they've almost both dropped at the rate at the same time as well. All right, you're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, we're here every single week to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. We touched on it there when we come back more on Amir Khan versus Kelbrook. the Kelbrook fight. Lovely uppercut on the inside there from Brook. Ravchenko took that well right hand. Ravchenko goes down. He was caught around the temple, I think. And his legs very, very unsteady. Just collapsed underneath him. I'm better off keeping quiet because there's no chance of it happening then. This year it's happening. It's got to happen this year. And now the biggest fight out there in the UK is that what people want to see is myself versus Kelbrook. So I just want to put him in his place and then call it a bit here. This is Final Extra, myself, Andy Oladipo, the great girlfriend Davis, the voice they heard there, Amir Khan, who it sounds like finally now wants to take on um, his nemesis. I'll call him his nemesis in Kell Brook. I've been calling for this fight for, I don't know, I can't, I can't tell you how long, eight years possibly. Uh, there was a time when Amir Khan, Gareth, said that, you know, Kell's got to go out there and win a world title. He's got to, and rightly so, right? Because at the time, Amir Khan was chasing... Pacquiao and, and Floyd and you know Kel hadn't done much he then beat Sean Porter and I was like okay look we're good we're gonna get it now and I've always said and hopefully you can correct me if you want Gareth I've always said that the fear for Amir Khan was losing to Kel and losing to someone from his own country it's almost like that's a big thing you don't want to lose to someone like Kel Brook you don't, you, it's almost a bit like the Fowler um, the Fowler Smith thing you can't leave your house you can't and I've always thought that Amir was scared of Kel. And I could be wrong there. And Gareth, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I've always felt that. Now they both deteriorate at the same time. It's their last fight for both of them. It generates any money. So now it makes sense. But I've always felt like Khan was scared of Brooke. I don't think he's scared of him. I don't think fighters are scared of each other. But I think what... Um, I think the debate is more about who becomes the A-side mm, if they okay. lose. 
So no, but I, you're not you're not off track at all. Mm. I think I don't think Amir Khan fears anyone. Like he's an incredible warrior. Um, like you say, he doesn't want to be told for the rest of his life into his forties and fifties that he got beaten by Cal Brook. No, but you go back five years, which mm. is when it when it was really close to happening. Really close to happening. I remember writing ins and outs and ins and outs. It was like the Joshua Fury on-off yeah. heavyweight fight for five months. And then Amir Khan got the fight, the first ever fight at the T-Mobile Arena with Saul Canelo Alvarez. Mm. A terrible fight. He was oh. with Virgil Hunter at the time. I remember Virgil Hunter saying to me, I really don't want him to take this fight. And he said afterwards, I really didn't want him to take the fight because Virgil knew and Amir knew that he had to be on point for every second of every minute of every round to win that fight or to mm. stay in the fight. Because he was in against a guy who was literally 25 pounds heavier than him with a massive punch with the wrong style for Amir. And if you remember, Am I think Amir was winning the fight. The judges didn't have it. So yeah. you know, I thought he was. But Amir's punches were bouncing off Canelo <laughs> like wasps off a windscreen down the motorway. Do you know what I mean? They really were. And That's a good analogy, isn't so, it? So, yeah, but, but all Canelo decided to do then from around three onwards was like, right, I'm loading up now with every punch I throw. And Amir was never going to be the same after being sparked out like that. Mm. We know that since he fought Danny Garcia all those years ago, and it was shown in the, in the Maidana fight 10 years ago. Brilliant Maidana fight. Fantastic fight. I've watched that fight back with Amir for DAZN, actually. It's out there on the DAZN app. It's called Rewind. Mm. I sit with Amir and watch the whole fight. It's there on the app. Um, since DAZN is sponsoring all our boxing shows at the moment. Plug them, uh, plug them. Yeah. Um, and, but I had a great time. Then. And, but that fight showed that if you punch with Amir, you can beat him. Of course. That's what Cal Brook will do in this fight. Will they sign on the dotted line? I think they will, because I think DAZN will use it to promote themselves into the mainstream, as I said earlier. And I think I do make... Well, I say I make Cal favourite. I made Cal favourite before he fought Terence Crawford. And, and both of their timing is off now. Um, it could be the most extraordinary fight. I, I don't believe to... it will be. Yeah, it could. Well, look, they're, they're both over the hill. Yeah. They both, they both, deep down, believe me, they have massive respect for each other. They're going they have, to. They don't like each other. Mm. Kel, I remember Kel's, sitting with Kel in the Winkerbank gym in Sheffield about three years ago. Because um, obviously Kel, what I didn't tell, Kel went then for Golovkin, didn't he? They both, they both took ridiculously difficult fights. Gareth, I'm so happy you mentioned that. Kel Brook, unbeaten, IBF welterweight yeah. champion. Yeah. How on earth... Do you then fight the guy that no one, no one, even some guys at 175 were like, don't yeah. fancy that. Who who makes that call to say, let's put an unbeaten waterweight champion in with a middleweight that at that time was literally folding people in half? Yeah, I know. I'm breaking ribs of light heavyweights yeah. in sparring. Yes. That, that, like hard light heavyweights. Yes. One of the most freakish punchers, freakish levers of all time. The, pound for pound, the hardest puncher in the sport at the time. Yeah. Because why? Because they both were offered five million to fight them, mm. or I think Amir made eight million dollars for fighting uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. Um, so it's about money, and it was about God. I've got nothing to lose here, but they did lose something. Amir got sparked out worse than he's ever been knocked out in his life, and and uh, Cal Brook's career began to end because he fractures his orbital socket mm. against a guy who punches harder than anyone else. 
and they were both fighting men much bigger themselves. As we always say, Addy, and you know this, there's weight divisions for a reason. You yeah. know? So they both they both went on divergent paths at that time. And I think it's only now with the shifting landscape in boxing, with the offers on the table, because it's not it wasn't a pay-per-view event anymore. It ceased to be a pay-per-view event, a box office event about a year ago, but it works for Eddie Hearn and DAZN, in my view. So I think it will happen, and I reckon it'll happen late this year or early next year. Do you think it's, um, you know, like, you're right, about five, six years ago, I, I think it's a fight that we might have done Wembley. I know that's easy to say now, but there was a time when I thought they were both so... They've got both so different fan bases, haven't they? And they would all come yeah. together as one, and I think, it would have done I, I think it's a football stadium fight, definitely. 100%. I mean... I mean, like Wembley was talked about at the time, and that was the time that we had Carl Froch mm. and, and and George Groves had gone to Wembley. Yeah. Um, the year after, of course, um, Anthony Joshua for Vladimir Klitschko. Yeah, exactly. But um, now I think it's a uh, twenty thousand at the O2 Arena type of fight. Still not bad. In my view. Still not no, bad. No, no, it's amazing. It? Oh, of yeah. course, it is amazing. Yeah. What Absolutely I don't want to see in this fight is Kel at one four seven if I'm honest with you. And I feel like Amir will do that. Because Amir, let's be honest, Amir's the A-side here and he knows he is as well. Um, and he'll 150. Drag, that's, 150. That's fair, exactly. I'm it happy is. you said that. 150 yeah, is fair yeah, for both yeah, of them. Because yeah, yeah. Kel at 147 just looks... I mean, it's the Ferrari no engine, isn't it? I mean, it looks amazing, but there's not much there. <laughs> I mean, see, this, is, this is working with you, Gareth. I start to use these type of terms now. Ferrari no engine. <laughs> uh, no, Ferrari with a, with a, a Trabant engine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's basically what he is, isn't it? <laughs> no, it, because basically he does have to strip himself down. I think mm. 150 is fair. But remember, this was the sticking point, again, a couple of years ago, was what weight are we doing it at? So... Mm. It doesn't matter about a belt now. It's the championship of each other, as we say. Mm. You know, that's what this is about. And it's massive bragging rights. And if they have a draw, let's say, yeah, they'll do it again. They'll do that's, it again. That's the great thing about they'll it. They'll do it know? again. And it, what's crazy is you, you would have asked me two years ago, I would have said, Kel, all the way. Like, Kel's going to win. Like, Kel, Kel would knock him out. Now, after seeing the way in which Kel got dealt with by Terence, not sure. I know no, no, it's, it's Terrence, a but I'm not sure. It's a 50-50. Yeah. It's, a, it's a 50-50 fight. I mean, Amir's hand speed's going to be dangerous early on. Kel's a championship fighter, brilliant in the mid-range. I just, I do want to see it, and it'd be wrong if they didn't fight each other. See, it's weird. All of a sudden, I'm excited by it. I actually want to see it now as well. Didn't care about it before. Now I do. All right, you're listening to Find Extra here on TalkSport. Remember, we're here every single week to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. If you've missed any of the show or would like to listen again, then you can check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. We were talking about light heavyweights, weren't we, just a bit? Uh, sorry, just shortly. Uh, we are now going to be joined in a couple of minutes by, I think, one of the best light heavyweights in the country, Craig Richards. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Every single shot, though, is her fault. Steve Grace on the first hit. And he does. It's over. What a win for Craig Spider Richards. He has been waiting patiently and he delivers. divisions in this country right now and you have to say that light heavyweight is almost it's a stacked division there are at least six guys i think if you genuinely ask the six if they think they're the number one in this country i think all six would say yes and then you've got a chucking guys like dan aziz as well into the mix who's unbeaten as well who's starting to climb up the rankings english light heavyweight champion uh we're joined on final extra myself and gareth a davis by a guy that i think would definitely say he's the number one in the division the reason i know this because he told me this on saturday night face to face he thinks he is the number one in the division that man is craig richards who's coming off this is where i like about boxing you can learn a lot from a defeat he's coming off a loss to dimitri bivol but I think he, in that loss, finally realized that he belongs. Is that right, Craig? Am I just putting words in your mouth? I think during that fight with Bivol, I honestly thought going into the fight, you wasn't sure. Now, after four or five rounds, you guys like, wait a minute. <laughs> I can do this. This is wait, I, this is a world champion. I'm beating world champion. I'm hanging with this world champion. And now you belong, Craig. You're there. Yeah, I think it was one of those situations where ability-wise and skill-wise, I knew that. Uh, looking at me like if I watched me and I watched his style, I knew that I had the, the tools to beat him. But then you got questions answered like the experience at world level is what people say about their punch power, their chins, their fitness different from the domestic scenes. Although I felt like I know how hard I train and how hard I hit and how good my chin is. Until you've been through the fire, you'll never know for sure. And as I was going through the fire and we got to round six, well, round five when I hit him and I saw his leg buckle and I realised I hurt him. I realised at that stage that I had enough power to hurt even the super world champions. As we pushed on, he hit me and he didn't have no effect on me. I started realising that I can take their power. And as we started getting late into the championship rounds, you noticed that he was fading and I wasn't. Well, I thought that exactly myself, Craig. Yeah. Obviously, I was sitting there that night and I had the pleasure of meeting your mother, Claire, who was going crazy next to me that night you know youthful mother you have as well and we talked about it I, she was still there um at the end of the fight and I was saying that is a massive learn for Craig there and we spoke beforehand as well 
a loss can sometimes be a massive learning. You touched on it there. You can't buy that experience. And when it yeah. comes around next time, you've been through it. You know you yeah. can go through it. That's the key, really, isn't it? 100%. We're talking about a guy, a super champion that was avoided. And everyone's like, this guy's one of the pound for pounds. To come around short on the English and the Russian judges' scorecards, mm. we know how close the fight must have been. And it weren't at any stage where I'm just getting hammered and looking out my depth or getting off the floor and dragging myself back in the mix. We're in there competitive every round. Even some of the rounds that he might have got on the scorecards, they was close competitive rounds. It's just that obviously being a champion, you've always got a, you're always going to get the nod if it's close, which is fair enough. And I usually come into the mentality on title fights to know that you've got to knock, knock them out to um, get the title sometimes or press a bit harder. I know you want to fight for a world title again soon, but as Addy mentioned there, and we were talking about you going into the show, that mm -hmm. Joshua Bwatsi won at the weekend. Obviously, you were there. Um, yeah. um, Joshua Bwatsi, Lyndon Arthur, Callum Johnson, maybe Callum Smith as well if he comes up. I've, I'm leaving someone out here. Who is it? Anthony, Anthony Yard. There's six of you. Yeah. Like, do you want to fight all those guys? Do you want to fight yeah. all of those? Yeah, I feel like at this point, I think us six, well, depending on where anyone goes, it's not, I wouldn't say it's more about these guys uh, specifically. It's more about proving you're the best, dominating the weight and winning world titles. And I believe that if we have to cross paths on the way because someone's doing as good as you and you're both meeting at the table, then make it happen. You, you know what I mean? I never them? shy away from you a fight. all of them? Or is Boaz ready for a world every, title? Every, every one of them I'd be. I'd be every one of them. I believe in my source. I believe that I'm the guy. I believe I can punch very hard. I believe that I've got a very good chin. I'm, I can get gritty if it needs to be. I've got a very good IQ and I've got a very good jab and boxing ability naturally. So I believe there's no areas that I don't cover what beats them. You know what I liked about uh, Fight Camp on that Saturday was that there were light heavyweights all around that ring. Like all of them, all of you were there watching. So Dan Aziz on one corner, you had Lyndon Arthur one corner, there's yourself as well. When you're watching Boatsy, what are you are you looking at things like okay, like he's doing that wrong, or when I fight him, I'm gonna make take advantage of this? Are you are you liking some of the stuff he's doing, some of the body work, the double jabs? What's your overall assessment of that performance? I don't I don't break it down per se like that. Obviously, you'll see certain things outstanding throughout fights and fights that you might see holes in or in great things in, or you see what they do well, you see what they do wrong over time, a repetitive pattern. But I would never look at one fight and look, oh look, he got hit here or he's getting mm. hurt here or da 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 and take uh, overall judgment because you do that in some of the fights. Like I've had six rounders or whatever, and I've just been kind of going through the motions. You take that and call me out, next fight, I'm going to come and blast you out. So you can't really take someone's one performance, see flaws in it and think, yeah, this is him. Do you get what I'm saying? People in the gym proving all the time. People got natural assets and people got certain things they just got. It's like, for example, not to throw shade on him, but it's like calm. Like we know time and time again, you see him get hit. You know when he gets hit flush, he can be hurt. He's been knocked out. You're, if you as an opponent of him, you watch that time and time again, you know, if I land mm. on this guy, I can get him out of there. So you there's punch certain with things him. that- if you punch with him, yeah, you punch with him, yeah. don't you? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So if you watch someone like him, you'll see a repetitive pattern of that. And in every fighter, you'll see a repetitive pattern in them of where their weaknesses are and their strengths are. Mm. I was um, on the Undefeated podcast, as were you last night, right? You know, they set me up and got yeah. Dan Aziz on there. They said, Ade, name, uh, they said, Ade, name your top five. I named the top five. I had you as second, by the way, Craig. I, I'll tell you why. And I didn't put Dan Aziz. And then KJ let Dan Aziz into the chat. 
And I was like, oh, here we go. And Danny's he's like, you don't have me as top five. I said, not yet, Dan, not yet. Um, I was on there, though, just before you... I mean, you were on there just before me, sorry, and they asked you about Boatsy fight. And they asked you, would you mm -hmm. want to fight him next? And he was like, well, yeah, but, you know, I'd rather fight someone else because for a world title... Not that, obviously, it wasn't a duck of Boatsy, but it was almost like... I fought for a world title. I want to fight for a world title again. Like, what do I get from mm -hmm. fighting Boatsy? And I was like, well, fighting Boatsy is like, I think it's the biggest fight you can make over here. I think it's a massive fight in terms of raising your profile. But I feel like and you're I agree. looking at it differently. Okay, go on. No, I agree. I agree. I believe a fight with someone like Boatsy is going to be like the cash fight for myself, the big money fight. Mm. So it's like, do you take a fight like Boatsy as a, like, not as a tick over foe, just a passing by fight to get you onto the next stage? Or do you take that fight as your fight? Do you get what I'm saying? Where mm. Eddie's going to have that as you two have a big fight, big stage, big arena. That's the that's the fight. Do Because, for example, if I took Boatsy next and got the win and pushed on, who's my money fight then? Who's the big fight? Call, the Callum Smith in, in Liverpool. Callum Smith in Liverpool. Do you think? Do you think that's answer, bigger? Gareth, I think answer. that's a good answer. I, I, think, I like that. Good answer. Gareth, you're on point. I like that. <laughs> well, <answer. laughs> no, but, but I think because of Callum Smith being the number one at super middle. And he is a huge, he's 6'3", isn't he? He's a, he's a huge super middle. Same height as me, yeah. Exactly. And so I think for you, for Boatsy, he's a catch as well, because that'll sell out Liverpool. That's, that's a 10,000 yeah. sellout. And yeah. you're going into the lion's den. The spider yeah. puts the web around the lion's den. All right, all right. It's not the first time I went. It's not the, not the first time I've done the 10,000. Have we done the 10,000, me and Jake, at the O2 as well, though? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. What, I, I think, I think, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think you and Boatsy is not that big fight yet. It needs to build. I agree. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, you tick them off and it just yeah. goes unnoticed. I learned that early in my career because when I beat Alan Higgins, who was a very good amateur, who'd beat mm. a lot of big names even now in boxing, in the amateurs, 12-0, 6 KOs, just coming for a good win against Chalorinda. I was six fights in. I said, what, is he the guy? Let me take that fight. I took that fight. Got the win in a good fight, early, premature in my career, and it's not even spoken about on my CV. You know, do you know what's funny, right? Hit, hit, I've, I've been around a long time in it, right? When, when in 2008, I was at one of the most exciting fights I've ever watched, and it was Carl Froch against Jean Pascal in Nottingham, okay? They knocked six bells out of <laughs> each other for 12 rounds. They literally traded punches for 12 rounds. It was on ITV. Five million people <laughs> watched it. Carl said... <laughs> And he won the WBC title. He put his arms up after he said, I'm a superstar now. He wasn't. It took, he wasn't. It took about three more years after the classic Super Sixes for people yeah. to know exactly who it was. And then he grew from there. It's, See, it's, even you have that crossover that, moment. You have that crossover it, moment. You even know? when you just said that about that fight, I'm not even registering Carl Froch has even gone and beat Pascal. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? It's it. like, yeah. it goes exactly. so under the radar and brushed exactly. under. It don't exactly. count on your CV. It's like these guys. And it's another thing I was saying, even like yesterday, I wanted to bring it up when the undefeated podcast thing, people were saying at one point, Lyndon can be rated as number one because he's beat one of the five, right? Yeah. But what people never do is they never give you the credit of the opponent when you beat them. When I beat Shakan, he was number five. He was top yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. Shakan was yeah. unbeaten. He was number five. Shakan was unbeaten. He was unbeaten yeah. and he was in the top five. Go back to BT Sport the week before I even fought him. He was, is he the one of the best light heavyweights? And his picture was with Boatsy and them lot as top five 
in the UK. All right, then. All right, then, Craig. Craig. I blew him out. And what credit have I got? Oh, he's not one of the five now. Craig, people are saying you're the one or two, Craig. Like, on that, I've said you're number two because I like Boatsy. I have to admit, Craig. I do apologize. I know you like Boatsy. You know I like Boatsy. Boatsy, my boy. He's entertaining sometimes. I can see why you're like Craig. No, I like you, Craig, as well. performance on Saturday night. I but said, that performance on Saturday night did not show that he's ready for a world title fight. In my no, no, it doesn't. No, so I kind of wonder where all these guys are going to go then, because I think all of them, and this you could try Anthony and Lyndon, because Lyndon was talking about he wants a money fight. Like, where do they go? Like, for you, Craig, then, where do you go? Do you fight some guy sort of top-rated in Europe? Do you fight a fringe world-level guy in America? What, what do you do next, then, if it's not going to be one of the Brits? The only the only thing is, I don't mind fighting Brits, as you can see. No, course, Badu Jack. Five, yeah. six, ba Badu five. Jack. Badu Jack. He's a good fighter. I do that's rate Badu Jack. Name. And I do think Badu Jack name. is one of the underrated guys as well. But I, I do rate Badu Jack. He's a very good name. Household name. He's a good fighter. I just think at this stage for me, I love a domestic duff up, as you see yes. on my CV. Mm. But I feel like I'm not getting international experience, really, am I? And I feel mm. like each country and each uh, different place, they've got different styles and they bring different stuff to the table. And I feel like if I constantly just only box in my hometown with people I'm comfortable with, how do I progress? And Fact. I've done all the fan-friendly fights, but I don't think still that it's really done me as much credit as it could have. Because if you look last year after all my fan-friendly domestic duff-ups, all the guys who didn't have any or had one, people was rating them as better than me. Mm. Well, I was ticking off people in the country, people knew, top tens, top five. Like Jake Ball, when I boxed him, who was he? He was a GB boy, big knockout percentage, only one loss out of 13 fights. The next Eddie's big prospect. I've got him out there in three rounds, dropped him every round. I've got, I've got, a, I've got a new ring sobriquet, a new ring name for you. Okay, you drop the spider and you become the road warrior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am the I, road warrior. I know you That's are, it's... but what? And you go to America and you go on the roads and you box in, um, in Los Angeles and Las Vegas and on the I East Coast. That. And yeah, I think you should do the Puerto Rican style, the Mexican style. I, I mean, would love that. And f do your PhD in boxing now. That's what I say. But this is what I'm saying. I feel like I've, I've done all the fan-friendly fights. You have. And still, it's like everyone's... Because I entertain it and I always say yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Everyone always comes back to me to keep doing them. But why don't the others start doing it a bit? You know, you got Boatsy there, you got Callum Johnson there, you got Yard, you got Lyndon. How many have they had with each other? But you weren't an under-the-radar world title shot as well for that very reason. Good and you'll, do it, yeah. and you'll do it again. You will do it again. Yeah, mm. yeah 100%. Again. But I gave my experience because if I look at how yeah. my progress was in development, look, if you look at my yeah. first title fight, how I performed compared to when I boxed your can, you see the development. And that doesn't come just, just from hard work. It comes from big fights, big yeah. camps and big nights. And I think that's why I'm progressing better than most people. Craig, you know we could speak to you forever. You know we could, but this ain't the Undefeated Podcast. This is live radio. <laughs> and we gotta go. All right, All right that's <laughs> fair enough. We gotta go. Guys, keep tuned. Number one in the UK. Let them know. <laughs> <laughs> 1A, 1B. 1A, 1B. I'll leave it as that. Craig, really, my man, thank you so much for coming on. All right, remember, if you're listening to Find Extra on TalkSport 2, if you have missed any of the show would like to listen again, then check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. When we come back, we're going to talk about the return of the haymaker who's going to fight his ex-best friend at the age of 40. From Great Britain, David. Hey, I know 
it's going down as a, a as a legal fight. It's going down on their records, but I don't see it as more than an exhibition. If I'm totally honest, I think I'll see him tired, and I think he's going to get caught by a looping shot from me. The irony: a haymaker to the haymaker. That's how it ends. David Hay is the WBA heavyweight champion of the world. What a moment! This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2 with myself, Andy Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Gareth, you know, um, well, about 10 minutes ago, I spoke about, I can't remember who I was speaking about now, and I said, Ferrari, no engine. That was it. It was Kelbrook, wasn't it? David Hay mm. is that. I mean, David Hay looks fantastic. I was looking at him on his Instagram, and he was, he was getting on the scales, 95.6 kilos, and he was in shape. And I was like, okay, what's he doing? There's something going on behind the scenes. He's not just getting in this type of shape for no reason. Then... It gets announced a couple of days ago that David Hay will be fighting uh, Joe Fournier. He's, um, I don't know, they, are they friends now? I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, David Hay's back. What do you make of it? Speak speak your mind, Gareth. Well, um, yeah. Um, look, physically, David Hay's always been an Adonis. He's an extraordinarily handsome and he's got an incredible physique. I remember when he was a beanpole 17-year-old light heavyweight. Mm. And he was skinny as hell, but obviously he's built his body up over the years. He's He's... You know, he's eaten well, he's looked after himself, but physically mm. he's shot. Yeah. As a boxer, he is shot. We saw that in the last two fights with David uh, with, with Tony Bellew, which were incredibly exciting. Um, David had a four-year break before that, didn't he? After yeah. fighting Vladimir Klitschko. Um, obviously, I was there that night when, you know, there was a, a world unification um, heavyweight. He's one of our great modern boxers, unified cruiserweight champion, heavyweight champion. I was there the night he beat Nikolai Valuyev, the, the seven-foot Russian, made him do the chicken dance in the 11th round, you know, his <laughs> legs clattering together. It was a tremendous night in Nuremberg. I don't think he won that um, fight. Oh, he definitely won that fight. He, he definitely won that fight. We'll By, discuss it. it listen, we'll discuss there were only about... There, there, exactly. There were very few... We'll, no, we'll discuss it over watching it back filmed <laughs> yeah. and we can prove yeah. you wrong. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> um, but um, watch back. We'll do a watch yeah. back. Um, but, you know, his best days are gone. He's fighting a friend. For me, it's the kind of... It's the kind of fight that when that we're 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 criticizing the YouTubers for doing at Agreed. the moment. Yeah. And you know, this is a formidable world champion up against a guy who's his friend. He's not gonna knock him out. It's gonna be a glorified sparring session that the fans are expected to pay for at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. I'm very surprised he's doing it. You know, um, are, you, are you? It doesn't do anything for him. No, I say are what? you because do you remember when David Hay, as you said, he retired after Klitschko, then he came back and he had that fight against that Australian bodybuilder. I can't remember who it was now. Mark Damori. That's it, Mark. And everyone was like, "What's he doing?" And it was like, and, and then it was like, "Okay, no, I'm going to fight someone serious." After then, he was clearly injured for the first Tony Bellew. He then kind of conned us and tricked us that he wasn't injured for the second one. He was still injured and done. I mean, he's been selling us pipe dreams now for the best part of five or six years, David Hay. So this actually doesn't surprise me. that None of this does. Well, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I would stop short of saying conned us and tricked us because lots of fighters go into lots of fights with injuries, all right? Mm, mm. Um, but, you know, um, like you say, he, he had the fight with Klitschko, he lost it. Then yeah. you remember... Um, 
then he had the fight with Derek Chisora, remember, which was a great contest. It was the last boxing match before the Olympics in 2012. That was amazing. 18,000 people came to West Ham. They had a cage separate. Remember, they had a steel <laughs> fence. Fantastic, that. Derek, I mean, I was there when they had that scrap in Munich that night. And, was you there? You, know, you was in Munich there? I was two feet away from all the punches being thrown. It was weird. That was epic. Um, you know, he he glassed me. He glassed me. <laughs> yeah, Remember all of that? Yeah. Um, and then Derek Chisora chasing David Hay all over town, trying to find him. <laughs> that was um, absolutely like, epic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like I say, nothing for four days, that yeah. years then. Mark Damori. And then Arnold the Cobra Zhejai. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the two Tony Bellew fights. Look, the Tony Bellew fights were really entertaining. David Hay is an explosive knockout artist. Mm. He went out on his shield in those fights. I thought he was extraordinary. I don't understand why he's fighting a guy who's a light heavyweight, Joe yeah. Fournier, who's a friend of his, who's a billionaire in inverted commas, who runs nightclubs. I think they're jumping on the bandwagon and do I love it? No, I don't. Will I be watching it? I'll be kind of watching it behind my fingers early in the morning after it's done. 30 seconds left, Gareth. Is there more appetite for these kind of fights than the YouTube ones? I mean, you look at... No. No? No. Simple as okay. that. I don't need 30 seconds to tell you. Okay. No, no, no. Absolutely not. All right, that was... 10 seconds. I'm convinced as well by that. So it's a no from Gareth and it's a no from me. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.